Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and record this session today so that we can email it to the participants and to the people who are attending um, in case they have questions, they can go back and review the material. Um, so I think that would be helpful. I'm Michelle Morris from Consolidated Planning Group. We are a holistic financial planning uh, firm. We're located in Houston area. We serve all of Texas and many other states across the United States. Um, we're independent, so we are kind of allowed to do um, what we want. We don't have as many rules in terms of advertising and things, so we're able to bring you these great webinars and help educate families who have special needs loved ones. That's one of the things that we do on a daily basis is help people with Medicaid waivers and their SSI eligibility and preserving those benefits um, when they're trying to put money away for their loved ones with a special need. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the Texas Medicaid based uh, home and community based waivers. So there are eight different waivers in the state of Texas that you can apply for. And they're very important because um, they offer a lot of great services for families. So today we're going to talk about what these different waivers are, how to apply for them, who qualifies, and um, and why, you know, why they're so beneficial. Of course, we'll, we'll cover a few other topics. I think today, um, if you would go ahead and save your questions for the end, and then Samantha can help, uh, help me with the questions when we get to the end of my chat today. So, um, like I said, there are eight different waivers in the state of Texas. Uh, CLASS, the Community Living Assistance and Support Services. DBMD is deaf blind with multiple disabilities. HCS stands for home and community-based services. TXHML is Texas Home Living. MDCP is Medically Dependent Children's Program. There's the STAR Plus Waiver, which is also called the 1115 Demonstration Waiver. Youth Empowerment Services is abbreviated as YES, the YES waiver. And then there's CFC, Community First Choice. So uh, we're going to go through these and what they mean and who can apply for which waivers. Uh, so one thing that it's really important to know is that many of these waivers are just on a first come, first serve basis. So you need to apply for a waiver. And if they're a waiver that serves more people, it's more broad, your waiting list is going to be a lot longer. And some of these wait lists can be 15 to 17 years. That's, you heard that right, 15 to 17 years waiting for these services. But it is important and it is a great service once you are able to get to the top of the list. Now, you don't need to prove that you're eligible until you come to the top of the list. So let's say that um, your child has 
some sort of a disability, whether it's intellectual or developmental, that doesn't matter for most of these. Um, you sign your child up as soon as you realize that there might be a problem. And then 15 years go by, you uh, you know, kind of hear from them once in a while, you remember that you're on the list. And finally, your child's name comes up on the at the top of the list and they're ready to provide you services. That is when you will need to send documentation and let them know um, if that your child qualifies and prove that they qualify. So the first one we're going to talk about is class. Um, class community living assistance and support services. So this gives support at home or in the community to children and adults with a related condition. Now, when they say related condition, they're talking about some sort of a disability. There are uh, over 200 different related conditions that they consider for this. Um, of course, cerebral palsy, spina bifida, and the, the condition has to have started before the child was 22 years old. So this is a very broad um, range of services that class offers. So of course, the list is going to be long. It's going to be a long wait. Um, the next one, DBMD. Now this, this one has very short wait, uh, usually under a year, because your child has to be deaf and blind and have another disability. Um, if your child is not 100% deaf or blind or both, but they have a condition that is leading to that, you know, maybe their eyesight is deteriorating and they're going to become blind, you can go ahead and sign up for this list. Um, like I said, it's a lot shorter wait for that one because it serves fewer people. HCS, the Home and Community-Based Services, helps uh, children and adults with an intellectual disability or any other related condition. Uh, these children and adults have to live with their families or in their own homes or in small group homes that don't have any more than four people. MDCP, Medically Dependent Children, this is for services um, for children and adults under age 20 who are dependent upon medical help. They have to be medically fragile to be uh, on this waiver program. And this is giving them services as an alternative to having to go to a nursing facility. So rather than going to some sort of nursing home or um, other service like that, the nursing staff, the attendants will come to you and help you out. So again, this one isn't very long uh, because it's only for people who are medically fragile. So that last one I talked about, let me go back to that, medically dependent children, MDCP, is for 20 and younger. So what happens when someone who is medically fragile turns 21? They move over to the STAR plus HCS waiver. And this is for medically fragile people who are over age 21. And again, it helps keep them in the community 
and in their home rather than going to a nursing home. Services uh, through Star Plus are offered through an MCO, which is a managed care organization. Um, and the list isn't very long. You can get on that list as soon as you turn 21. Texas Home Living. Um, again, this one is for children and adults with an intellectual disability or a related condition. You have to live in your own home or your family's home. This is not for people who are in a group home. Youth Empowerment Services. This one's a little different. This one is meant for um, children under the age of 19 who have mental, emotional, and behavioral difficulties. So this one, it's not like, oh, they have, um, their main diagnosis is cerebral palsy, but they also have mental difficulties or behavioral difficulties. This is where the mental, emotional, behavioral difficulties are their main diagnosis. They might have secondary things going on, um, but this is this is for mental, emotional, and behavioral issues. Um, and usually there's not a wait for this one, so that's good. The last waiver that we're gonna talk about today is CFC, Community First Choice. Now we've done a webinar specifically just on this one waiver where we had people from Community First Choice speaking. And you can find that on our YouTube channel. As a matter of fact, all of the webinars that we do, we put on our YouTube channel so that people can go back and watch those. And we'll send you a link to that later on. Uh, Community First Choice allows people to, again, stay home, have a community-based attendant come to you to give you services and support. Um, and this is for Medicaid recipients with disabilities. Now, when you qualify for a waiver, typically you also get Medicaid. Um, so that's you know another bonus of getting these waiver programs. Community First Choice helps with activities of daily living and health-related tasks. Um, they can provide hand-on assistance, supervision, or even cueing, you know, teaching children especially what to do next, what they need to do, um, helping them learn to care for themselves a little bit more, be a little bit more independent, or helping if they need, um, you know, nursing, uh, nursing services or things like that. So um, these are offered, again, through a managed care organization, which means that the parent or the, um, well, typically the parent or the person who is a self-advocate has a little bit more of a role in hiring um, who, who's going to come and help them. So Community First Choice is an entitlement program, which means that they don't have long waiting lists. So that's good. And you can be on things like, like Community First Choice. You can go ahead and get on their program while you're waiting for some of the other waiting lists to get around to you. Okay. So what does the waiver provide and why would I want that? Um, the waiver is meant to waive off 
the cost of some of these services for your family. Uh, for example, adaptive aids and technology, uh, financial management services. They help support you in employment, finding employment, training, keeping employment. Um, minor home modifications, respite hours, nursing hours, uh, professional therapies, prescriptions, they help pay for prescriptions, dental and nursing. So um, you can see, especially when it comes to those therapies, those are quite expensive. And um, having the, the waiver to help pay for that is really helpful. Some of the waivers will even help pay for things like transportation, residential services, um, horse therapy, dayhab programs, which they're changing the wording regarding um, dayhab. It's not going to be, it's going to be called ISS now, which for me reminds me of when I was a, a kid in high school and we had in-school suspension, but that's not what it is. It's ISS. Um, and they're also, they can also help pay for nursing, like I said. Samantha, are we doing okay? Do we have any questions from the audience so far? Do you have any questions? Yeah. So, uh, Michelle, if you're on the MBCP program and you're you're younger than 20, and then you you have to apply for that star plus plus, I think it was called, that takes you from 20 on. You have to separately apply. I, I'm not sure that you have to apply from scratch. It should kind of roll over, but it might not do it automatically. They're they're really bad at doing things automatically for people. You have to ask. Um, so I would make sure that you get in touch with your um, representative for MDCP and um, you know see what you need to do just to be sure. Okay, and to clarify, Michelle, because I always thought it was 18 years old, but MDCP expires at just before 20? Uh, at the, when they're getting ready to turn 21. Okay. So yeah, it should cover them through their 20th year. And then at 21, they have to go to the Star Plus. Okay, any other questions? Yeah, I mean, the question the waiver that uh, you have a waiting list of about 10 or 15 years. Uh, what happens if uh, the child uh, in that has moved to another state? Ohio or Pennsylvania? Did you catch that, Michelle? I didn't. Uh, and what happens uh, if the child... So if on the wait list and you move to like another state per se, does that process like do you have to start all over again in the other state or how does that work? Okay, so these waiver programs are just Texas based. So if you move to a different county, that's fine. You will not lose your place on the waiting list. You just have to let them know to transfer you from one list to the other. If you move out of state, you are going to have to sign up fresh with that other state's uh, waiting list, but they might not be as long as the the waiting lists here in Texas. Some states do a much better job of providing funding and being able to serve uh, more people in a more timely fashion. Um, so yes, if you move out of state, these will no longer apply to you and you'll have to apply for whatever is available in the state that you go to. 
Okay, let's continue on. Thank you so do much for those. Do you have one more questions. question? Or do oh, okay. Uh, is there like a maximum amount of programs they can apply for or can you only do like one waiver at a time? You can apply for as many as you want. Um, and then that way, whichever one comes up first, you can get. Um, but once you're on one, you can only do one at a time. Gotcha. Michelle, the HCS and the MBCP and the Texas Home Living, those three you didn't give a time. So did that mean those are the 10 to 15 year wait? Did you get that uh, one? The, the class, let me go back a little bit. Um, Texas Home Living is going to be really long. Class is going to be really long. HCS. Yeah, those are the three that have the longest waits. The ones that, like I said, apply to the most people are the ones with the longest waits. Okay. Um, so who is eligible for the waiver programs? Like I said, when it comes to the um, medically eligible, you don't have to prove that until your name comes up on the list. Um, most waivers are for all ages, except the ones that we've talked about, MDCP and STAR Plus. Um, and for all of them, except, except for Texas Home Living, you have to have an income that is within 300% of SSI. Um, and if your child is under 18, they're going to uh, they're go they're still going to look at the child, not at the parental income. So that's pretty cool. Um, so as long as your child is not earning more than twenty seven forty two a month, uh, then they should be eligible. Eligible, which is great. Um, and you have to, of course, meet the functional eligibility criteria for whichever waiver you're applying for. Like I said, if they're, you're applying for DBMD, you need to have deaf, blind, and multiple disabilities. If you're applying for yes waivers, then there has to be an emotional or behavioral difficulty. If you're applying for MDCP, then there has to be a medical dependence. Um, I already told you that eligibility is not determined until you're at the top of the list. So waivers are funded in two different ways. Many of them, you know, you just get on the waiting list and it's a first come first serve statewide program. And, and like I said, the waiting list can be really, really long. Other waivers, um, are, are more about promoting independence. There's another way that you can get the waivers and that is preventing individuals from going into an institution or helping individuals move out of an institutional setting. Uh, so what do I mean by that? Um, of course, you know, there's the interest list and you can wait and wait and wait. If your family is in a crisis situation, they might be able to um, push you to the front of the line, so to speak. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Let's talk about how to apply, how to get on these waiting lists. Um, so for the top one here in orange, MDCP, class, and DBMD, you have to call this 1877 number, 1877 438 566 
0.58. So actually, all of you should call that phone number because even if you don't qualify for MDCP or DBMD, almost everyone qualifies for class. So everyone should be calling that phone number and getting on at least class. Now, for the other programs, home uh, HCS, Texas Home Living, and Community First Choice, you need to call your local intellectual and developmental disability authority. That's sometimes called your LIDA or LIDA. Um, and to find who your local authority is, you would go search this website. Um, we can send the slides to you so that you can just click that. You can just Google LIDA lookup and it's by, by counties. Um, so this would be like Blue Bonnet, MHMR, uh, the Harris Center, places like that. Um, so everybody should call the 877 number and contact your local authority and get on those lists. Some people need star plus as well. So that phone number is down there at the bottom. Their phone number is 877-782-6440. So um, everyone should be calling at least two phone numbers to make sure that they're on the waiting lists. Um, so I talked a little bit, I hinted at this crisis diversion uh, issue. So if your family is truly in crisis or your loved one is in crisis, you can contact your local intellectual and disability, uh, developmental disability authority, your LIDA, and tell them that you want an HCS crisis diversion waiver. They will help you with the process, but you need to stay involved and make sure that, you know, sometimes you have to be the squeaky wheel. So what this is, is if your family is in a situation where you're in crisis, uh, maybe your child has become a threat to themselves or others. Maybe they're threatening to run away. Maybe um, a parent who is a caregiver became disabled or um, lost a job, or maybe, uh, maybe your child, you're, you're just at a place where you can no longer take care of your child and your child is at risk of going into some sort of a nursing home facility or a state run facility. These waivers are designed to keep people in their community, in their own homes and out of nursing homes or state facilities. So if you call them and you say, listen, you know, my husband and I were taking care of my child. My husband was the main breadwinner and he suddenly passed away. I need more help. You can call and they will consider you for a crisis diversion spot. The other thing, um, PASRR, um, I, I had that written down at one time exactly what it stands for, but it's um, when you are going into a nursing home, or even if you're already in some sort of a nursing home or a state-run uh, facility, they have to regularly check and see um, if there are services, you know, if we give people these waivers, do they need to be here in this nursing home? 
Or can we send them home and they can be in their own home, their own community? Uh, so this is designed to get people out of uh, nursing facilities. Um, okay, any more questions related to the waivers? We're going to kind of shift gears here. So I would like to see if we have any other questions at this point. I think we can uh, get started on the next part. Okay, great, great. So I mentioned that we are special needs planners and I'd like to go a little bit into what does that mean? Um, why you should listen to us? Who am I to be giving you all this advice anyway? <laughs> so special needs planning, it's, it's very important that you work with somebody who knows all the different nuances, rules and regulations uh, as it relates to planning, financial planning, um, because it's important to make sure that you keep your eligibility for all of these waiver programs and for Medicaid and for SSI. Um, you might work with a financial advisor who is fantastic, and we never want to rain on any good planning that you've already done or step on anybody's toes. But um, there are over 250,000 financial advisors across the United States, 250,000 total. Only 150, not 150,000, just 150 uh, financial advisors in the United States are nuanced in special needs topics like we are. Um, so it's, it's really important that you have one who knows what they're talking about, who is not going to jeopardize any of your benefits. Um, so you need not only a special needs planner on your team, but you also need a special needs attorney. The attorney will help you with things like your will, guardianship, um, uh, your special needs trust, things like that. Uh, so you need, again, somebody who specializes and is an expert in this area. You don't want to talk to your neighbor who is a real estate attorney who says, oh, I'll, I'll do a guardianship for you for cheap. You're going to spend more money fixing <laughs> a potential mistake than you would spend if you just go to an expert in the first place. Um, so, so that's, you know, it's really important to have experts on your team. So if you are looking at working with um, a special needs planner, you need to gather up your necessary planning documents. And, I, and I'm talking about, you know, we are a holistic planner. So we are going to look at all aspects of your financial picture. Um, we want to know what you've saved up, what kind of accounts you've saved things in, um, what your child has in their name what uh, retirement plans or pension plans you might have. And we look at the whole big picture, your life insurance, um, all of that to make sure that you're prepared for the future. Uh, you know, most people think about planning for themselves for their retirement and their spouse's retirement. But when you have a loved one who is going to need care for the rest of their lives, that becomes a whole nother bucket of money that you need to be saving up for 
um, to be able to, to take care of them. So we help with that. We would like for you also to develop a letter of intent. This is a letter that you write uh, to really explain what is going on in your family and especially with your child with special needs. So this is something where, you know, you know more about your child than anybody else. And you've probably forgotten more than anyone else knows. Sometimes even one spouse knows all the ins and outs um, better than the other spouse. So we want you to put it all in writing. And it, it's a big job. It might take you some work. But if you were gone tomorrow and somebody had to step into your place, you need that person who steps in to know all of these things about your child that you know. That is what the letter of intent is for. So um, I would use a, a computer, put it on a, a laptop, put it into a document on your computer where you can go back in and edit because things evolve, your child will grow and things will change. Uh, so you're going to wanna be able to go in and edit easily and add to your, to your letter of intent. Um, I would suggest that you start with the facts. Those are easy. Um, you don't have to be creative or anything like that to do this. Get the facts down on paper. What are their diagnoses? Where were they born? Who are the doctors? What medications are they on? And once you start with the facts and you get rolling, you'll remember other little nuances about your child that people need to know. For example, every single night before bedtime, they have a certain routine and this is their bedtime routine. They have to go to school with this particular item or the day is ruined. Um, what are their likes and dislikes? What um, traditions or religious um, traditions are important to you and your family that you would like carried on for your child? What hopes and dreams do you have for them? Um, what will throw them into a tizzy and just cause a complete meltdown? And if they're in a complete meltdown, what can you do to alleviate that? Just all those little things about your, your child that you know that someone who walks into your house might not have a clue about. That's what you put into your letter of intent. And it's important also that you let people know where that is, because if you have it locked away on your computer behind a password protected screen and you don't let anybody know how to get to it and you are gone, it's not going to do very much good. So maybe, um, you know, the, the, I come from a, a background of English teaching. So the English teacher in me says, write it up, print it, put it somewhere safe where people can find it. And then as you go through and change and edit, maybe every six months, take a look at it and see if you need to print a fresh copy. Um, we do have a template for a letter of intent. If you're interested in that, we can email that to you. Um, and like I said, think about your vision of how you hope things are going to look for your special needs child in the future and for yourself. Um, it's important. This is what we're planning for. What do you want the future to be? Um, 
have that in mind when you're thinking about planning. So one thing we hear about a lot and, and help people with is how are my futures, uh, my child's needs going to be funded in the future? Um, there, there might be an astronomical amount of money needed to pay for all the care. How on earth are we going to do that? So not only can we help you um, establish kind of an estimate for what that care is going to cost in the future. You know, if your if your child might need a full residential community with 24 hour uh, availability to staff and nursing, um, that's one thing. Maybe they'll need a partial residential uh, situation or just an attendant to check in on them once in a while or a group home. There's all various things to consider. We can help you consider what those prices are going to be so that you can have that amount kind of in the back of your head as like a, okay, I need to remember that I'm going to need to put away this money for my child. Is it 100,000? Is it 10 million? we can help you narrow down that number at least. So in order to pay for those things, it's important that you are eligible, your child is eligible for all those state and federally funded programs. Um, that's SSI, social security, things like that. For SSI, you need to make sure that your child does not have more than $2,000 in their name. So how are you going to save money for your kid if they can't have more than $2,000? Well, you can put it into a special needs trust. And that is great for things like your life insurance or your investments. Large amounts of money can be left to the trust. So in your will, you would say, um, my life insurance is to be left to the special needs trust for the benefit of little Johnny. You never want to just leave it directly to little Johnny or else it's in his name. You don't get the benefits. Um, like I said before, you do need an attorney to help you set up the special needs trust and we can refer you to a good one in the area. Um, an ABLE account is the other place where you can be saving money for your child. Um, so you might've heard of the 529 college savings plan. That's a 529C. An ABLE account is a 529A and it has similarities. You know, the money can go there and grow tax-free. And when you take a distribution, as long as it's um, for your child, the ABLE account can be for anything that helps your child achieve a better living experience. That's what it stands for, achieve a better living experience. Um, the disability must have begun prior to age 26. And there are limits to how much money you can put into an ABLE account each year. So for 2023, it's $17,000. And if your child is working, they can put an additional $13,590 into that account. However, you never want your ABLE account to go above $100,000 total or else you will lose benefits. So it's important, many families decide that they have both. You know, you have your trust for larger amounts of money. The amount that you put into a trust is not limited. And um, 
you can use your trust for certain things. For example, you do not want to use your special needs trust to pay for um, shelter, utilities, food, cash, things like that for your child, or else your benefits from SSI can be reduced. With the ABLE account, you can use it for those things, rent, utilities, food, whatever you need, but there are limits on how much you can put in there. So, so have both, have those options available to you. Um, okay, so more things that we do webinars about, things that we have entire hour-long presentations about, uh, that, that comprehensive special needs care, your future care cost estimates, the waivers, of course, that's this webinar, so you've learned all about the waivers today, SSI and SSDI and what the differences are. So when your child turns 18, SSI is going to look at their assets and their income instead of looking at the parents' assets and income. And all of a sudden, children who did not qual qualify for SSI before will now qualify when they turn 18. Uh, so we can help you with who to call, how to apply, what you need to send in, all of that kind of thing. Um, the ABLE account, we can help you set that up. We can help check your beneficiary designations and make sure, like I said, you don't leave anything to your child with a special need. And you want to let other family members know, uh, for example, grandma and grandpa, they love your child. They want to help by leaving something to your child. Uh, but if they do it incorrectly, things get messed up. They, they can be fixed and it's not the end of the world, but it would be so much easier if they have it set up correctly to begin with. So what we recommend is you, you might say something like, I've, I've heard this talk from a financial advisor. They said that it's really important that we don't leave things straight to little Johnny. And we're not assuming that you're going to leave him any money, but if you do, please understand that there's a way to do it correctly. Uh, so have those tough conversations, even, even though, you know, sometimes parents want to keep things private. We understand that, but this is really important. Um, we talked about special needs trusts. You can use those for things like your life insurance or your other large assets. Something important to keep in mind about a special needs trust is that if uh, child support is a situation in your life um, and the child support is going to go beyond age 18 because your child has a disability, so the child support is going to continue beyond their age 18, that child support will need to go into a first party special needs trust, which is different from third party because it's your child's money. Um, now, there are differences between the first party and third party. We can help you understand those, but it's just important because if you're child support goes straight to your child, that will be counted as income and again, mess up those benefits. So you just want to um, have your attorney get that uh, situated for you so that the money is redirected to a first party special needs trust. 
Residential living communities are available. There are a lot of great programs throughout the state, throughout the entire country, um, a lot of great programs. Now, you want to start researching those early because they serve different groups of people. They're in different areas. They have different costs. Some of them are private pay only, and some of them will take money from the waiver programs. Um, so you you want to know ahead of time what what um, communities might be best for you, what group homes, what residential communities are good for you. And, and the reason you want to tour them early and check things out is because there could be a waiting list. So I would hate for you to find, you know, you do all this research and you find the perfect one and you finally find a great fit. And then you find out that there's a five to 10 year waiting list or something like that. So start looking into those early. And we have done great webinars with um, different companies and organizations that you can look into. If guardianship is something that you're considering for your loved one, um, you can start the guardianship process when you are within six months of your child's 18th birthday. Now, again, you will need an attorney for guardianship. And the law in Texas is that you need to take the least restrictive route when it comes to guardianship. So it could be full guardianship, which does take away your child's right uh, rights. They cannot drive. They can't get married. They can't vote if you have full guardianship. And that's why the law says we don't really want to take away their rights. So maybe partial guardianship is better for your family or supported decision making or just a power of attorney or healthcare power of attorney to help things out. Um, and then there are a lot of options, you know, once your child gets through high school, um, there are educational options, great programs at different universities. If the university is tr uh, track is not right for your child, there are transition programs, there are uh, day programs and um, opportunities for them to learn and grow and be part of a community um, that is not necessarily a, a four-year go off to college type of situation, which isn't right for everybody. Um, so there's a lot to consider and there's a lot that we, we talk with families about, including those things. This is our team. Uh, we work on a collaborative team. Allison and Jeff are the owners of the company. And the reason they took our company in this direction is because out of their four children, two of them have special needs. And when their kids got to these teenage years, they thought, man, Allison was just so frustrated because this is so difficult. And she's like, I should know these things. I've been a financial advisor for years and years and years. Why don't I know this stuff? We need to educate people about these, these things. So that's what we do. And then there's my, my glamour shop. Myself and my husband, uh, we have two boys, they're 21 and 19. Um, they don't have any, any uh, developmental or intellectual disabilities, 
but they certainly keep us on our toes and they give us a lot of experience. Then we have these professionals who help with operations, office um, tasks like filling out all the paperwork, making phone calls, advertising. Like I said, we're independent. We are members of the Special Needs Planning Academy. We are also national social security advisors. So we help people with their social security applications and knowing when to apply for social security as well. Um, so I'll leave this screen up for you as we, you know, formulate any last questions. But I want to tell you that we do offer a completely free, no obligation personal consultation to everybody. So all you need to do is set that up. You can call or email us, or you can use this QR code to set that up. Um, what we do during that consultation is first, we want to learn about you and your family, and we want to answer any questions that you have right off the bat. You know, those things that keep you lying awake at night. Um, what do I do about social security? How do I do this? We want to answer that right away. Then once we um, help you out with your questions, we'll go into how we work, how we charge, um, what we do exactly, what planning options we offer, uh, and what our packages cost. And we'll see, you know, are we a good fit to work together? Are you interested in working with us? And do we feel like we are able to help you? And if the answer is yes, then we move forward. Um, like I said, there's no obligation. We're not pushy. Uh, we don't even force people to make a decision on that initial phone call. Now, we do expect that we'll hear back from you eventually. <laughs> and, and I will tell you that we are really good at following up. So um, we do have a sign-in sheet that hopefully you have all signed. It is required by law that we have a list and contact information for everybody that we present to. And I'll let you know up front, we're going to call you or email you uh, just to ask, would you like to set up an appointment with us? And do you have any questions about the materials that I went over today? We're not going to take an hour on the phone. So just be patient. Don't hang up on us. <laughs> Answer your phone. And uh, we, we can handle no. We love hearing yes. It's just that when we don't hear from you, we're going to have to keep calling. Um, you can also use this page once you receive the slides later on uh, to get to our Instagram, our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, and our podcast. So, uh, so you'll be able to follow us on those platforms and keep up with our helpful webinars and learn about, you know, what events we're doing and what webinars are coming up. So that is all I have for you today. That's my spiel. Samantha, what, what questions do we have? All right. Yes. Lida and MHMRA the same? Is that the local one in Houston? Oh, that's one of the local ones in Houston. Yes. Correct. Yes, that's right. MHMR or um, the Harris Center or um, I forget what, what oh, Tex, Texana in Fort Bend. Yeah. Uh, that's, those are the names of your LIDAs or LIDAs. I, okay. We're never sure how to pronounce that one. <laughs> 
Yes, absolutely. I'll share the slides with everybody um, after the presentation today. Yes, um, and like I said, I, I recorded this session as well. So um, we can send that to you, Samantha, and you can send it out. Or once we get the list of um, email addresses, we can send it to everybody as well. Great. Any other questions? Oh, yeah, we got one. I have a very specific question. If all of the programs are available for any residents in the United States or just Americans? Samantha, I didn't quite hear that one. Uh, she, she wanted to know if um, these benefits were offered for um, American citizens only. Yeah, so if you're a green card recipient, like what's how are you able to apply to these programs or what's the process there? Yes, you can still apply if you're if you're a green card as long as you're and I hate this term legal. Um but as long as yes, <laughs> Yes. Yes. Okay. Anything else? I think they've just taken the information in. Thank you so much for your time today, Michelle. I really appreciate you, this information. Uh, you. you are welcome. And I am sorry that I couldn't be there in person this morning. It just it was just too much <laughs> to be able to do it all. Um, but thank you for taking the time to be here with me today and Samantha for hosting us. Um, we are always av available for your questions and concerns. So do not hesitate to reach out to us. We won't bite, I promise. <laughs> Have a great day. Enjoy your weekend and um, uh, best to you. You as well. Bye. Bye. Securities and advisory services offered through Triad Advisors, member FINRA and SIPC, Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated and Triad Advisors LLC are not affiliated. Advisory services offered through Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated. Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated is not affiliated with Triad Advisors.